0: Welcome. This is Jesus, the patterned son, attempt to give you sonship doctrine that is faithful and fulsome, or in other words, a go at it that's biblical and orderly. So we're going to be on the sonship side of the line and not the I Will ascend line. So that was the first temptation that we can earn it. The second temptation is that to think that we are better than others. This is deception. Pride is deception. Now, it's true in some ways, our aspirations are much higher. And we might be able to verify that according to the hostafel or the, the behavioral guidance that's in scriptures, we comply better than others. Yes, true. But wait. They are just flesh and we are flesh. And they, you know, it's just like some beggars have some bread and some don't. So we can share with them. Okay, limited analogy, but we're all human flesh. And, you know, for the grace of God, there go we. That's an important saying. And If we compare ourselves with our brothers and our sisters, we should say this. They have a calling and we have a calling. We are all judged based on what we are given and what we are assigned. Each has a ladder, but the rungs are in different order on the different ladders. And the Heights of the wall that the ladders are supposed to get over vary depending on the call. And even the status, you know, don't become a master because the judgment for a master is much greater. So we cannot compare ourselves, not only should we should not, but we cannot compare ourselves. But if we do, and when we do, let us compare ourselves to Jesus. Let's go to Philippians 2. Jesus was not mild. and We don't even know what meek means. So let's go over to Philippians the second. I know you have memorized this. Look, not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. We have too often been interested in our own ascendancy rather than Following Jesus to be poured out for others, we have have neglected the service part because, well, why? Because we weren't in sonship; we were in "I will ascend." Philippians two, verse three: Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Verse four: Look not every man on his own thing, but Every man on the things of others, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So, Jesus is God. We are in Christ. We are sons because we're adopted, <laughs> born into the family through the second birth. He is the, the eldest son, He is the only begotten Son, He is God. Jesus is Lord. Yeshua is Krios. Okay, we might get confused because of the old English, right? He was being in the form of Jesus God. This is the fundamental shibboleth of who is a Christian and who is not. If you don't recognize Jesus as Lord, curios, that means God in Greek, then you're not a Christian. You're preaching something else. Okay. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But here's the point. Verse seven. But he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So the point is that even though he was God, he came to be a man. And not just a man, but an obedient man. He said only what God said. He wasn't obedient to every human around. He wasn't even necessarily obedient to the Sanhedrin. Right? He was obedient to the direction of Holy Spirit in his heart. He said nothing and did nothing but what the Father told him to do. That's the point. And you can't substitute something else. And he was a servant. He served others not he was a spiritual adept. and We don't use that language, but that's how we behave when we get into the I will ascend doctrine. Oh, I am so holy! And it doesn't matter what kind of self-torture you do. It's just like trying to be a yogi by sitting on a bed of nails. That just doesn't count. Except in pride. Okay. No, you need to serve others and then the death of the cross this is a special deal with God and here we go point is verse 9 wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth so we've already established that we're not talking about Replicating a torturous situation that has no benefit and thereby becoming some. That is not what this is saying. This is saying that we should be in Christ, we should think like Jesus did, we should serve others, we should do our assignments and even accept the persecution that comes in those assignments. That looks different. That is a different manifestation of sonship than you have heard before if you've heard sonship before. At least for me it is. Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Nobody is going to confess that Sharon is Lord. And Sharon's not going to comply with that either. So, oh. Or any fill in any other name. It doesn't matter. Jesus is Lord. So let's don't presume and assume. And let's don't try to judge by the flesh so it's not about ranking in your reference group so just because you have some high and lofty title like who cares well it might be something in terms of how the group functions but that is not about being a son The flesh, the carnal man cannot judge. Guess they judge with the wrong evidence and the wrong values. I know you know about that. Okay, if you're looking on the news today, sometimes even in our, quite aside from the national news, if you look on the micro level, the group always has trouble getting organized and finding out who's going to the shower first and because some people have a lot of things talking a lot or there is no direction so somebody slips in while everybody else is either incompetently messing around or is being super spiritual and fighting over who is going next and last and somebody slips in and just takes their shower and gets out before anybody else is ready and yet they would be vilified as disobedient why is that because because the person who has the power to do the vilifying wanted to have status this this is the way we're doing body life to get into sonship what that's just not so crazy Or the one who bravely steps from the floor of the convention hall to the podium and preaches and brings the word of the Lord that was in the flow of the Spirit and yet is criticized for taking money away from the traveling ministry? Excuse me? Everybody spends money to get there. Not everybody hears from God, not everybody risks being beaten up or worse (laughs) to preach and not everybody gets paid. But if that's the complaint it manifests what's in the heart of the complainer but says nothing about the person In this story who preached this pride thing is really subtle and we could all of you could just tell story after story after story after story when the pride was hurting you it's true on the one hand that I have never known better people than the people I knew who were in the sonship movement And still today, in or out, they seem to me to be the best of all people. Nobody gets in this kind of a sonship move with bad intentions. When you are faced with, go all the way with Christ, come and die, and you go, then that says a lot. No matter how foolish things got later, (laughs) how many mistakes you made later, nobody does that out of bad intentions. And I love dearly those people both in and out and many of them in or out who can tell (laughs) but yet I will have to admit that there is a great tendency to pride in people in and people out people who have little education and no achievement will lord it over people who have both simply because they think they're more in the move than someone else like who is to say (laughs) who isn't the move anymore (laughs) and at the very same time there are leaders in the move who have educational attainments and career status that they got either before they came in the move or they got in defiance of the preached word of the move and use those attributes as a means to grab status in the move and to downgrade those who followed the preach word obediently so do you understand what i'm saying that based on their disobedience they're getting status over and above people who were obedient so is it really about achievement of any sort or is it simply a status grab based on putting other people down, based on pride. How crazy can this be? It works both ways. So it's not about a value set, it's about abuse based on pride. This is not the method towards sonship. This can be repeated so many times. I think of so many situations, and people outside of the move who've been outside for decades, who are living normal, useful, productive, reasonably godly lives, still have this huge pride and judgmentalness because they are the ones who know. And of course it's true. do know a lot more than the average person, but you know, come with me to another friendship set. Come with me to the professors, each of whom has become a master in some pointilia (laughs) and at least a fair journeyman in their discipline. And yet few of them Come across with pride because each of them knows that they know so very little, even in their own discipline, that somebody else who's sitting beside them knows a whole lot more. You will see professors in a group, like they're going to a Bible study or like they're going to have drinks after work with other professors, most of them just sit there quietly until they're asked something specific that they know they know more than anybody else. But typically, they, they don't try to be the diva. Now, there are a few exceptions. And they're well known in their group as the idiot divas. Very few who are so bright as to actually command respect from everyone else, and they really are. Okay, But but the few who are So the point here is that these are the people who really know a whole lot and they know because they know a whole lot that they don't know very much and that somebody next to them knows something else. I'm reminded now of the story that's in. I think it's Dostoevsky about a nobleman in old Russia who was being driven by a peasant in a buckboard and a snowstorm comes up and after the snowstorm who was left alive it was only the peasant because the peasant knew to get on the ground and cover up with snow and the noble was so proud he was going to stay in the buckboard and so he froze to death so if the nobleman had not been so proud and had learned from the peasant he would have stayed alive. So none of us knows everything. And pride is a temptation. Similarly, I have to credit the sonship move I was in at the beginning held a great embracing for one another. Regardless of the other marks that we had, whether ethnicity or class we had a great embracing. I remember a happy time long, long ago when I was just a teenager. And why I wasn't with the other teenagers with whom I came, I don't remember. But I walked into a restaurant and saw a huge table of other people who had come to the convention. They were slightly older than me. I was a teenager and they were married, young marrieds. And there was an empty seat. And so I thought about approaching that table and I probably was approaching and I was gonna ask may I sit here I see there's extra uh, an extra chair and I know we're all going to the convention but I didn't have time to ask because the man who was sitting at the head of this very long table invited me to sit oh please come and sit here and so these were young people from Montreal and I asked with him but I was asking how are y'all doing and he said we're all fine, and how are all y'all? You know, he was teasing me about my Texas accent. And uh, this is wonderful. Let me ask you Any conventions you go to. Would you sit with anyone who is also at the convention? Or is there a ranking system? Would you speak with anyone? Would you allow anyone to speak to you? Or is the ranking system or are you afraid or are you not patient because they don't speak your language properly if we are in Christ if we are in the family of God if we are napios even we are all one family and we should be kind and embracing and open to one another and certainly if we're all at one convention Pride itself will keep you out of sonship. You cannot serve someone you cannot speak to. Pride is the opposite of Jesus. The word minister itself means servant. But today, in the church, ministers want armor bearers. They want their favorite candy in order to talk to you in as, as an appointment. They want, I don't know, special appoint special offerings and fancy cars, I don't know. One sad story from long ago at an in-time farm. Do you understand? In-time farm. people A residential collective settlement. They're living in a situation far outside of the city. And because they're new, they're living in a condition of poverty. And one person who had lived there but no longer lived there for whatever reason... Gave a box of oranges, you know, a carton, a box of oranges to the farm he visited. He wanted to share with everyone who knew it would be a treat because that's something, it was winter, not everybody would have. You know, oranges today, you know, so what, you live in the city, orange is normal. But there in that time, having an orange was a special treat and he gave it, and he gave it to the farm. And a particular, well, an elder, gave it to the traveling ministry. Now, I don't know how one man and his wife, even if he had an entourage, but I I don't recall that he had an entourage then, but how, how could he eat a box of oranges? I imagine he just simply gave it to the next farm that he was visiting, but I have no idea what happened to the oranges and i know what she was thinking she was thinking to be honoring to the most most honored and cherished traveling ministry and the outcome was that this ex-resident was confirmed in his opinion that this farm was not good possibly abusive he never came back he was very hurt that his gift had been so that he was not delivered to those that he gave it, to whom he gave it. And I, of course, don't know all the ins and outs. And even had I seen every bit of this play out, I couldn't have known all of the ins and outs. But I know these people, and I know their patterns for a long time. And I'm going to say that eldership or leadership or management is not intervening where you have no business intervening and honor honoring those who are at the top must not come at the expense of honoring all the scripture says honor all men i'm not taking away honor from those who serve and i understand honoring traveling ministry Fi- I fi- that's fine but there are some other things in this story that aren't fine so just in case you're not familiar with those scriptures i was thinking of first peter 2 1 peter 2 1 peter 2 and 17 first peter 2 and 17 honor all men love the brotherhood fear god honor the king so yes we honor those at the top of the structure but that doesn't mean that we abuse the people who are not at the top of the structure and so then for good measure let's go to john the gospel of john 5 and 23 that all men should honor the son even as they honor the father and he that honoreth the son He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which sent him. So all honor is rooted in honoring Jesus. But Jesus is in all. So something in that sad story was askew. And it tightened the view that there was a stain on the farm. And all of those people In the story are now gone the farm is gone and all of the people are gone except the giver so let's value the relationships that we have and not the structure only because the relationships are really what's important and that's what it is to be a son is to is it not to have pride and status but to be a good servant You know, I think in heaven, when we see people's real status, according to God, we're going to find that a lot of little ladies, little old women who prayed at their stoves all their lives, but who had no earthly status are going to be well, well accorded with honor from God. So there is of course status we can't take that away there is leadership and there is management but let's have some good leadership you can't have good leadership without good management but why has there been such a resistance to this we need some training in leadership leadership needs to have some competence management is a competence that is learned and somehow management has been strongly guarded against. And everywhere this is true in the church. And it's true in the wider church. As well as in movements like the Sonship Movement that are supposed to be very spiritual. Then somehow there has been a resistance to learning management. Why? Why? There is a red flag there. Why? And I'm going to submit to you, it is about Pride. Somehow, often, what people don't want the most is what they need. So anyway, it's a great deceptive temptation to try to earn being a son. But if you try that, you go down that road, you're going to end up with confusion and abuse. Then also, it's a temptation to pride. And if you go down that road, you're going to end up with heartbreak and incompetence. And finally, the temptation to substitute oneself or ourselves for the Son, who is the Lord. Thank you so much, and may the Lord bless you. Please give us a like wherever you are listening to us so that others might find us, and please share directly with those who might be interested. You are invited to write us at sister at Jesus sister at Jesus org. And of course you are welcome to come to our website at Jesus org. May the Lord bless you.